Thanks for joining us for our inaugural episode of To The Point. It's a new podcast we're launching at Bucati Companies to deliver valuable insights into topics that affect HR professionals and business owners. Good morning, I'm Mary Amundsen, Managing Director of Bucati Companies, and today I'm joined by Randy Wool, Director of Bucati Companies HR Consulting Services. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the Department of Labor's plans in early 2019 to provide greater clarification as to who is exempt from overtime pay, as well as how to calculate that overtime compensation, which is at least one and one-half times an employee's regular rate of pay for hours worked in excess of 40 hours per week. So Randy, wouldn't you agree that this topic of overtime compensation has always been challenging for employers? Yeah, Mary, absolutely. You know, I talk with clients every day who aren't sure which employees are entitled to overtime pay and which aren't. I think what's been difficult for employers to understand is the difference between non-exempt and exempt positions. Essentially, federal law requires employees to be paid overtime pay for hours worked in excess of 40 hours per week unless they qualify for an administrative, an executive, or a professional exemption as defined by the Fair Labor Standards Act. Those separate white-collar exemptions are based on a duties test and a salaries test. So that salary test hasn't changed since 2004 when it was set at $23,660 per year or $455 per week. So could you explain what was done by the Obama administration in 2016 to change that salary level? Yeah, in the final rule, the Department of Labor raised the salary level for certain white-collar workers to be exempt from overtime pay to a new level of $913 per week, or the equivalent of $47,467 or $76 per year. That meant that the salaried workers who made below $913 a week would be entitled to overtime pay. Of course, that increase set off a flurry of lawsuits against the Department of Labor by 21 different states. Shortly before the rule was to take effect in December of 2016, a Texas federal court declared the ruling invalid nationwide. When President Trump took office in 2017, the overtime rule was sidelined, but in the recent regulatory agenda for 2019, the Department of Labor says it will issue a new proposed overtime rule in March of 2019. So the salary level for exemptions has only been raised twice in nearly 45 years. So I'm thinking that most are probably going to expect some type of increase, even under the Trump administration. What what have you heard from your uh, colleagues? Yeah, Mary, I'm hearing there will be at least some sort of increase. Uh, At at the confirmation hearing before the Senate, Secretary, Secretary Acosta said he thought the exemption threshold should be somewhere around 33,000 to reflect inflation from the 2004 level. So I think everyone's prepared for some time of some type of increase, but given the regulatory process, any proposed change announced in 2019 would be subject to public comment. Most expect the change wouldn't take effect until sometime in 2020. So I think there's another important topic the Department of Labor is going to address as part of its 2019 regulatory agenda, and that's concerning regular rate of pay. Can you explain why rate of pay is relevant for employers? Yeah, Mary, the the basic formula for determining overtime compensation is 1.5 times an employee's regular rate of pay. Rate of pay for overtime purposes isn't just an employee's hourly rate. It's affected by bonuses or other forms of compensation. 
there's been a wave of Fair Labor Standards Act litigation based on the lack of clarity on what pay types to consider when determining rate of pay. For example, do you include compensation paid in lieu of receiving medical insurance from an employer, housing or lodging stipends, or sick leave and safety incentives? So given all the confusion, I would think employers are going to welcome this DOL guidance. Is there anything else that the DOL is expected to address in the upcoming regulatory period? Yeah, I expect a few more changes. Um, the Department of Labor is expected to update rules around joint employment, where an employee is considered to be an employee of two or more employers jointly. In 2016, DOL guidance took a broader view of what is considered a joint employer. The Trump administration tabled that guidance in 2017, and it's expected that any future changes will be more employer-friendly and reflect current-day business practices. This topic will be of greater interest among franchisees, staffing agencies, and businesses with subsidiary operations. Well, Randy, it sounds like 2019 is going to be another busy year for employers and we HR professionals. We'll continue to monitor these topics, of course, for our clients and provide needed updates. Meanwhile, we invite listeners to visit Bucati.com and check out our bulletin and blog posts and all things compliance related. Or I think, Randy, you'd probably invite people to call you directly at 913-333-3397. We certainly hope you enjoyed this edition of To The Point, and we invite you to join us again.